Welcome to our weekly podcast, The Art of Wealth Unbroken. We provide our listeners with insights and proven strategies to protect the wealth they've built against poor financial planning, investment mistakes, global and national economic conditions, and governmental policies. We discuss the topics in finance, retirement, and politics that are on your mind, giving you certainty in uncertain times. These discussions can help you make better informed decisions so you can make better financial choices with the wealth you've built and are continuing to grow. Our hosts are Stacey Andrews, Registered Financial Consultant, and Michael Wallen, Certified Financial Planner. I'm John Jagay, and our topic today, we're going to discuss running in the wrong direction because that's how we're wired. Hello, Jag, and hello, Stacy. Today, we're going to discuss the phrase, just stay the course. And I know that there's listeners on the show today that are sitting there saying, that's exactly what my broker dealer is saying today. That's exactly what my <laughs> financial advisor is saying today. We're seeing a correction in the market that's taken us down nearly 20%. And we're going to discuss why that phrase may be correct, but is also completely opposite of how the investor is wired. Okay. And so before our listeners have a knee-jerk reaction to today's show topic, and whether we're debating the merits between tactical investment and strategic investment approach, our discussions today are going to delve into the area of behavioral finance. Wow. Yeah, I hope our listeners are sitting down or more so laying on a soft couch, uh, maybe uh, in an office, because this sounds like they're going to take a look under the hood at why our brain responds the way it does. I promise we're not going to go into like your childhood and mom and dad and all that. But take it away, Mike. Well, Jag, you're absolutely correct. You would have to be living under a rock today not to feel the impacts of a market contraction that has seen a little more than a 20% decline in pricing recessionary numbers in the economic landscape, and or global distress that is causing consumerisms to be in an imbalance with escalating inflation. We hear that every day, every news cycle, every time the radio is on, we're getting bombarded with those pressure points. Mm -hmm. With all of the negative stimulus, most investors are emotionally feeling the need to run. It is part of our fight or flight response. So when an investor hears the phrase, just stay the course, the market will return, that doesn't always align with the emotional feelings they're currently experiencing. In behavioral finance, like we call this the emotional dynamic of loss aversion. Loss aversion, for our listeners, it is a cognitive bias that describes why, for individuals, the pain of losing something is psychologically twice as powerful as the pleasure of gaining. The pain felt from an asset losing value, whether it's a 401k, an IRA, an individual account, etc., or any other value of object, can feel significantly worse, does feel significantly worse, than the pleasure of having an equal gain of that same amount. Yeah, loss aversion is what has caused so many investors to remain on the sidelines we all saw the contraction of the 2020 COVID correction. We saw the market on the S&P 500 drop all the way down to 2,300 points. And for those individuals that were sitting on the sidelines, they only looked to reinvest once the markets got back up to its peak point, which we saw that towards the end of 2021. But the market had already corrected back to around 4,600 points only to now see a correction in the cycle. So they lost all of the upside of the market. Now they went back into the market only to get a second correction happen to them. 
Because loss aversion equates to lost opportunity. It sounds like loss aversion could impact individuals in many different areas of their life. That's exactly right, Jag, because it does have a systemic effect, meaning that it can impact every aspect of a person's plan, not just the area that is drawing our focus right now. Loss aversion can prevent individuals, corporations, and even countries, really, from making riskier decisions to address some complex challenges. Though risk aversion is important, it can also prevent the implementation of innovative and potentially riskier solutions. All right, let's take a quick break and then come back and discuss where these emotions come from, what steps an investor can take to avoid the impact of loss aversion on their long-range goals. At Optivize Advisory Services, they combine the expertise of their seasoned professionals in financial planning, tax, legal, and investment to assist their clients in achieving the lifestyle they've always dreamed of. Through their proprietary InfoRight system, they address each of the 10 pillars in their planning process. Investment, retirement income, tax, social security, education, health care, personal care, charitable, legal, and wealth transfer. Their comprehensive approach brings certainty in uncertain times. To receive your free Arc of Life report, you can visit the website artofwealthunbroken.com or call 855-378-1806. Again, website artofwealthunbroken.com, phone number 855-378-1806. Those will be in our show notes. The Arc of Life report will show you how each of the 10 pillars in the InfoRight process connects together to form your unique personal financial canvas. So guys, where does loss aversion come from? Well, I started doing some research and studying in the behavioral finance, and I came across an article by the Decision Lab that I thought really defined this very well. Loss aversion is caused by a mixture of neurological makeup, social economic factors, and cultural background. That's deep. Yeah. Well, it was way more than I was uh, than my degree uh, provides for me. So I thought I, I was glad they gave me the cliff notes on this. Hey, I'm a communications major. I'm even <laughs> further behind than you. you know, there's three specific regions of the human brain that become activated in situations in involving loss aversion. So I don't. We can talk about finances, or you can apply it to any of those other systemic areas of a person's life. The amygdala is the part of our brain which processes fear. For example, the amygdala creates an automated pre-conscious sense of anxiety when we see a snake. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a country boy and I do not like snakes. I'm a city boy. I don't like them either. (laughs) The reaction we experience with loss in this part of our brain is similar to our brain's response to when we react to an airplane turbulence or a spider meaning fear or loss, are closely related. Mm. The second region that we look at in our brain uh, that is active when we process a loss is the stradium. The stradium region handles prediction errors in our minds and helps us to become better in predicting things. We call that our denominator, our past experience. You know, if you touched a stove in the past and it burnt you, you know, you're probably not going to touch the stove again because we know that there was a negative impact to that. Okay. The third area that we look at is the insula. And again, I'm not a medical, I may be butchering these names, guys, but the insula area reacts to disgust and works with the amygdala to make individuals avoid certain types of behavior. Neuroscientists have noted that the insula region lights up when responding to loss. Hmm. The higher the prospect of loss, the more activated the insula area becomes compared to the equivalent gain. 
So in that, with what Stacy said earlier, when you have an experience, that area lights up twice as great in a loss area than an equal benefit of gain. So if you lost $20, it's going to light up twice as great as if you had gained $20. And that's why your brain is telling you that staying the course is not the right approach because those three areas of the brain are coming back and telling you, we need to flee this situation. We need to avoid this situation. Neuroscientists are telling us that we need to avoid those behavioral conditions. We do not need to allow those emotions to come involved in our decision-making. Just as a quick aside, Michael, one of my very dear friends was our high school valedictorian. She ended up becoming a neuroscience major and works in the medical field outside Boston. I will uh, confer with her and see if you got those <laughs> names in the brain right. <laughs> if not, you're the producer. You edit in. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So what's interesting when you say that, Mike, is that it's true that an investor's actions are often driven by these emotional dynamics that are coupled with uh, the socioeconomic factors and cultural biases that they may have. I have read articles where emotional biases such as loss aversion can contribute to nearly a 2% reduction in annual returns to an investor's account. If you take 2% and you compound that over a 20-year period of time, before retirement, Yikes. and then through retirement, it can mean whether or not the investor, our client, has the ability to live the retirement dream that they've always dreamed of, or like you say, hey, hey, I may desire to live in Hawaii, but my assets allow me to retire in uh, Decatur, Alabama, something like that. <laughs> I mean, both are kind of tropical, yeah, but not quite the same. I prefer Hawaii. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, loss aversion is real, guys. This is something that when we're sitting with clients, we are truly trying to help them to understand that they will have a tendency to run uh, right in the wrong direction when conditions trigger. The best way for us to help them avoid this is, number one, as an investor, you need to identify a seasoned investment advisor that you trust to counsel you through these uncertain times. We covered this interview and selection process last week. You need to have a written plan that already has built-in expectancy of contracting markets. When a market contracts, it should not be the first time that you're thinking about that. Advisors that only sell you on the bloom of the rose and never talk to you about any of the thorns on the stem are not actually counseling you. They are selling you. And you need to have a trusted financial advisor that can tell you both about the aroma of the bloom, the beauty of the bloom, but the thorns are going to be a part of it as well. And you also need to have a strategy that is nimble and flexible in times of need. Mike, in addition to what you just stated there, having that in your written plan, I believe that any good plan, any good advisor should also have that discussion verbally with their clients together about how they are going to handle or manage that plan when we find ourselves in a time like we are in right now where emotions for so many people are what's driving their decisions rather than 
the common sense or the logic of staying the course. And so preparing for these type of times in advance of them occurring can go and does go a long way to help ensuring that we stay on track toward reaching the island of financial independence that we talked about reaching on our last show. It's so funny how counterintuitive all this is, how our brains tell us to run. And this is where having a great advisor, a great coach can help you fight those natural instincts, which end up self-sabotaging you again, going from Hawaii to Alabama in your retirement. That's that's visceral for me because I would really like to retire in Hawaii someday. <laughs> if our listeners want to come talk to the two of you about their financial future, about behavioral finance, about any of the stuff that we talk about in this show, they can go to our website, artofwealthunbroken.com. Again, artofwealthunbroken.com is the website, or the phone number is 855-378-1806. Again, 855-378-1806. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Jag. Thank you, Jack. Thanks, Stacy. Thanks, Mike. Investment advisory services are offered through Optivize Advisory Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Optivize only transacts business in states where it is properly licensed or excluded or exempted from registration requirements. 